0: Welcome to the Children's and Young Adult Novels Book Club, Cyan Book Club for short, where we connect you with the stories worth telling. I'm your host, Zach Whiting, and today we are venturing into a world that is all too familiar for many of us, but it is veiled in a medieval setting. Our book today is Kingdom's Dawn by Chuck Black, the first book in the Kingdom series. Now, What is the Kingdom series? You might be asking. Well, here is an answer it's blurb time. Now, blurb time, of course, you know this, is when we read the little blurb that the booksellers have put out about the book, or that you might find at the back of the printed, published piece. Well, here is the blurb for Kingdom's Dawn. He's just a young man, but that doesn't change the truth. He was chosen. Sixteen-year-old Leonod thought he was a common farmer's son, nothing more. He wondered why his father had trained him for years to master the sword. Not exactly a tool of the trade of farmers. But one tragic event initiates a world of revelation. Only then does he begin to understand his calling a calling no other man in the entire kingdom of Aerithrae can fulfill, a calling given him by the king himself. Teamed with a young slave girl, Leonad is thrust into adversity and danger. For the Dark Knight and his vicious shadow warriors will stop at nothing to thwart the king's plan to restore the kingdom. Leonard will need more than a sharp blade and a swift hand to fulfill his mission and survive the evil plots of the king's sworn enemies. Journey to Erithre, where the king and his son implement a bold plan to save their kingdom, where courage, faith, and loyalty stand tall in the face of opposition, where good will not bow to evil. And the future of a kingdom lies in the hands of a young man. The Kingdom's Dawn is the first book in a series of books called the Kingdom Series that are actually written as allegories for the entire Bible. So all in all, each book is this medieval allegory for certain parts of Scripture. And Kingdom's Dawn, here at the beginning of the series, is sort of an allegory for the time between Adam, the first man, and Moses. So through those almost like the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. So let's dive in and take a look at some of the themes in this book in particular and see what they have to say about whether or not I think Kingdom's Dawn is worth reading or not. Now, like I said, Kingdom's Dawn is a biblical allegory. So it is full of biblical themes, the most prominent of which for me was compassion. And it really shows up right there at the very beginning of our story. When you open up and read the first few chapters, you meet our various characters Leonard and his father, Peyton. You also meet a young girl named Tess. The relationship between these three really brings compassion and the other themes that we'll talk about here in a second to the forefront of the story. And this first one, compassion, is really exemplified in Peyton, Leonard's father. When Tess is introduced, who is an orphaned girl who is enslaved by a wicked old woman, we see Peyton come alongside, find her, and actually show her compassion, not only in His demeanor and in his words, uh, but also with his actions. We actually see him put his money where his mouth is when it comes to treating other people fairly and treating them well. One of my favorite allegories or pictures in the book is actually this relationship of Peyton to Tess, uh, which I think is a beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father's love for us and how he is willing to pay the ransom for our salvation. I think that right there at the, at the beginning of this story, we have a beautiful allegory, a beautiful picture of that truth. Also present in the life of Peyton, but also uh, permeating the rest of our story, are themes of justice, faith, courage, and loyalty. Throughout the story, we have various characters who treat other people wrongly, they do the wrong thing, they say the wrong thing. Uh, There are other cases of people like Tess who are enslaved or treated poorly, and so the theme of justice comes up frequently. And in a story about knights and honor and good versus evil, you're going to have that theme of justice come out pretty strongly. But in this story in particular, we also have that paired with ideas and themes of faith and loyalty, because Peyton was a knight of the king, the true king of all the land and you have Leonod, who's been trained to be a knight in that kingdom as well. Now, Leonard has never met the king, and yet, because of his father's loyalty, his father's faith, his father's uh, courage in difficult times, Leonard learns to be loyal to the king. He learns to place his faith in that king and what the king's plan is for the kingdom. Now, through the story Leonard faces various trials and various difficult moments that make him question these truths, these themes of faith and loyalty. And there are various cases where he, as a 16-year-old, has to muster up courage. He has to figure out how to combat the fears that are placed in front of him. So, all in all, those are the various themes that I think this book in particular deals with very well and puts at the very forefront. We have compassion, justice, faith, loyalty, and courage. So, what did I like about this book? What about it sets it apart and makes me feel like, hey, this might be worth reading? Well, the entire opening sequence of scenes uh, that sort of show us what kind of world we're going to be living in, our main characters are introduced. That whole section is phenomenal. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great opening, and I thought it was just a really wonderful part of the story. We get introduced to Peyton, who is perhaps one of my favorite characters. We get introduced to Leonard and, of course, Tess, along with other characters like Gabrick, uh, who are very important for later on in the story. But all in all, that whole opening is, is very, very great. I also like the idea of allegorizing scripture in this medieval setting. I think it's very unique. I think it's interesting. And as a fan of medieval times and and of that world and the idea of knights and kingdoms and the honor and the courage and the loyalty that we've already talked about, all that is ingrained in that setting of, you know, you think of the Templars and you think of sword fighting and people who stand for what is right in a gritty and difficult time in our history, Uh, I, I just love that idea. The idea of putting these familiar truths and even these familiar stories in that setting is cool. I also think it's really, really cool for any Christian reading these books, you're going to find dozens of Easter eggs and other various connections to biblical stories that you're familiar with. Stories and characters that you know and perhaps that you love, you might find your favorite character or your favorite Bible story told in these books. Now, I've only at this point read the first one, but I know that the rest of this Kingdom series deals with the entire Bible. And so it's very uh, encouraging as a Christian to see this and see even at the very beginning, okay, I can draw the connections, I can see what's going on all right, is there anything you should know in this book before uh, reading it yourself or recommending it to the kid or teen in your life? Uh, Is there anything you should know or be aware of in this book? Well, one thing that surprised me was just how, I guess, on the nose or obvious the allegories in this book are. I wasn't expecting it to be quite as obvious. I thought it would be a little more of... An allegory in the proper sense, because an allegory by definition, by the way, is a narrative or visual presentation in which a character, place, or event can be interpreted to represent a meaning with moral significance. With an allegory, there's always some interpretation involved. In this book, and I think perhaps this was intended because interpretations can, you know, go too far and you can get things Uh, wrong very quickly if things aren't made clear. This book's allegories are almost not even allegories. They are very obvious, very clear. There's not a whole lot of interpretation needed to understand what the author's trying to communicate. The unfortunate reality of that, then, and what kind of made it sad for me, was that the book became a little less original. Uh, it, It it doesn't take away from the value of the book. It's still great, but it just wasn't as unique of a story. It wasn't as unique as I expected, I think is the best way for me to put it. Um, and, and that may have been because I was coming into it, having already read, you know, some other books that I think do allegories very well. And of course, we have the the staples in allegory uh, in, in different ranges with The Chronicles of Narnia and even Lord of the Rings. Now, in those two, I think Chronicles of Narnia is, is a more obvious allegory. While Lord of the Rings, you kind of have to interpret things a little bit more. It's not as clear. Uh, and, and, and that can even be a downside, depending on, on how you view it. The fact that it's not clear exactly who is who, what is what in stories like that. Well, in this book, it is very obvious I would even almost go to the to the extreme and say that this isn't an allegory. I would almost call it a retelling. You know, we reviewed Cinder, which is written by Marissa Meyer on the podcast not long ago, and that book is advertised as a retelling of a classic Cinderella story. Now, if you listen to that or if you read the book before, you'll know that it is so much different from the original in very many in, in multiple ways. It's very different from the original in multiple ways. But the core of the story still remains the same. It's still about a girl named Cinder, or Cinderella, you could say, and about a prince in a kingdom, and essentially how they fall in love and the circumstances around which that happens. Now, in the Kingdom's Dawn, I think it sort of fits this idea of a retelling way more than an allegory. Because in various ways, uh, apart from our main character being an amalgamation of multiple characters, most of the story is straight from the Bible. There's a few tweaks to make it fit the medieval setting, but often a lot of the names of peoples and places really aren't that much different from their actual counterparts. So the person that so-and-so is supposed to be almost has the same name and relationship uh, as the person in real life. Now, that is totally fine. That's great. Uh, but I just wanted you to be aware that if you're going into this expecting it to be more of an allegory, more like something, for instance, like Chronicles of Narnia, you're not going to get that. It's going to be different. And that's okay, uh, as long as you are aware of it. I don't want that this to be like a downside to the book, but it was something that I wasn't expecting. And uh, I think it's better for you to be aware of this. It's advertised as an allegory, technically it is, but I would consider it to be a little more of like a retelling. You're going to be very familiar with these stories and with these characters if you know the Bible at all. Now apart from that one thing, there is nothing else in this book that you really need to be aware of. Everything in this book is good and clean. Uh, It is a great book, uh, as far as content is concerned, for anyone ages 8 and up, which is the advertised age on Chuck Black's website. So how will I rate this book? How do I rate Kingdom's Dawn, the first in the Kingdom series? Well, let's remember our rating scale. It starts at the bottom with red, going up to orange, then yellow, green, and finally to cyan at the very top. Red is the worst rating we can give, and cyan is the very best rating we can give. I think that Kingdom's Dawn is a green book on our scale. It's clean. There's nothing of issue in the content. It is booming with moral and biblical principles. It accurately reflects the events of Scripture, but in a new light. And because of this, I think that it is a great read for anyone of faith who likes medieval settings, who likes sword fighting, who really enjoys chivalric tales of the knights of old. Well, that's it for part one of my review of Kingdoms Dawn. Now, if you've been following along live as I've been posting these every so often, then you'll notice that part two of this review is not yet posted. Typically, I post both at the same time on the same day, part one and part two of my book reviews. Uh, However, we had some issues with our interview this time around, and so I'm going to be posting the interview part of this discussion uh, next week. So next Thursday, Part two, our spoiler review of Kingdoms Dawn will come out, and you do not want to miss that if you are interested in diving into the characters, the story, and some conversation about allegorization. Make sure to come back and listen to that next week. Well, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to read the written versions of our book reviews or our short stories, you can check out our website linked in the description below. If you have a book that you'd like us to read and review on the podcast, you can submit those suggestions using the link below as well. Make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And thank you for leaving reviews. It helps us reach more people with the Cyan Book Club, and it helps us share the stories worth telling with the world. Thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode.